When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, I'm Ade. And this is Black Ticulate. Black Ticulate. Black Ticulate. A podcast series that gives voice to positive black action. No matter how big or small. Alrighty, so uh, let's kick off. What up, what up, what up? Hey guys, once again, welcome to another episode of Black Ticulate. And like I always say, in front of me I have the most amazing millennials, UK, African, Afro-Caribbean diasporans just doing and affecting positive change in their lives and those around them. And once again, no different. Today we have possibly one of the most interesting gentlemen <laughs> I've had the pleasure of knowing and meeting, and it's Anthony Alani Bekun. Alani Bekun. Alani Bekun. Look at yeah. that. And I'm a Niger <laughs> man myself, and I've just, I just, hey, my mom, my mom will slap me for that. <laughs> She'll definitely slap me for that. I want to just quickly give you a brief bio of who he is. He's a poet and goes by the name Tony Supreme, and he also helps a lot of youth organisations with not just poetry but trying to just get the disenfranchised black youths off the streets it's a slow progress yeah yeah definitely needs help with it but we're, we're definitely getting there and that's why i want to really bring him on black Ticulate so we can talk more about it um and just yeah hopefully <coughs> together we can we can make it happen cool man so uh anthony let's yes. start with why you do what you do let's bring that um so I do a range of things, like you said. Um, thank you for the for the intro as well. That was quite humbling. Um, so I do a range of things. Starting out, it's poetry, and trying to just inspire people through my poetry, um, through my words, and bring my experiences to life. I also um, work with young people in a various number of ways. Um, working with organisations, youth organisations that try to teach like different things, gangs, things about gangs, and sexual exploitation, all of those kind of topics. Oh wow, um, okay. And I've always I've always been interested in that from growing up. I've always been like, I want to work with young people. I I, there wasn't a reason why at the time, um, but it was in more recent years, let's say about two or three years, that I solidified the reason why. Um, and that's through personal experiences that happened to me. Yeah, so let's uh, let's talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> if that if that's okay. No, that's fine. You know, that's fine. so when you say personal experience, do you wanna do you wanna let us know what went down? So growing up, um, I always grown up in West London, fairly fairly out of trouble. Um, then I went to a school in South London. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. um, yeah, so my 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 mentality was kind of it was a, it's a real culture shock I would say for me. 
um, my primary school was it was predominantly white. I was one of two black males in my in my class, and so going to a prime, going to a secondary school where it's predominantly black um, from predominantly disadvantaged homes and, and neighborhoods, I was open to a world of new experiences, kind of thing, and um, I took on those new experiences and ended up being quite aggressive, violent. Okay, I before you do continue because we're definitely going to get to the end yeah. of this. But when you say new experiences, do you want to be more specific? Yeah, like, sure. If that's okay. Yeah. Like, um, so even if you have a story to tell, uh, <laughs> an example. Um, in in well, in, in primary school, I was more of. I don't know. I was a nice. I was nice to everyone, but at the same time, I was still boisterous. Okay. But because I was one of one of two black males, I could really get away with it. It was more like my kind of world in a way. Yeah. Um, and my mom never used to let me play out. Oh, I really? never really. No, I used to come home and just chill out <laughs> with my brother and my sister and kind of just just be at home. So I wasn't really aware of everything that was going on. Um, even within my area, there was still obviously. In every area in London, you're going to go and find young people who are um, disadvantaged, disenfranchised. But I was kept very much away from yeah. the street at the time. Um, so going to secondary school, that's literally going across London by myself, um, coming home when I come home. And yeah. that, that allowed me to kind of have those experiences yeah. of being with a group and being, um, you know, exposed to exposed to more boisterous things should I say yeah um, I'm with different you. ways of behaving and yeah so I just kind of took that on and then even interacting with girls that was a, a, a different ball game when I got to secondary school and there was a girl school I went to a boys school right so a boys school again is that kind of survival top dog alpha um, male alpha male kind of thing and that that was my introduction to to um, the pressures of masculinity let's say so um, those those type of new experiences are, are what I'm talking about. Okay, so keep no, okay. Continue then from your story when you were saying you were experiencing these new experiences. Yeah, so it was literally experiences sort of dealing with conflicts when you are the underdog or dealing with conflict when it's it's not it's not your world anymore. It's yeah. not it wasn't my world anymore. It was more um, survival. A lot of it was about pride. Um, just trying to, I don't know, trying to, to preserve your name in a way. Okay. Uh, or trying to make a name for yourself. Um, so yeah, year nine, you get to a place, I think a lot of young people can identify year nine, that age, you kind of get to a place where you're conflicted, you're going into the older year group, um, you're going into a, a different stage, and it's more or less about deciding how you're going to navigate that new that new age and that new year kind of thing. So um, that took me to a place where I made the decision to not be um, victimized. Okay. To not be um, made fun of or, or humiliated, that kind of thing. Right. So, yeah, literally, it was more of a. I'd rather hit someone than, than be hit. So first. that was your outlet. Yeah. So that, so. Was, that was kind of my my, my defense mechanism, if you would say. Okay. So in year nine, you started to become more. Boorish for one another, yeah, a word, bit more, yeah, a physically, bit more. yeah, as well. Yeah. And there must have been a catalyst though, because you don't strike me as someone who's, <laughs> you know, yeah. who's boorish anymore. So, yeah, yeah. What, what, what was that? I think what was that um, jump? There was one point in, I can't remember. I think it was in, I think it was in year nine. Either, oh well, wow, but, okay. But it was, um, 
there was one point where, well, I, I was fighting from like year seven or so, but that was just, that's what this is, boys will be boys kind of thing. Right. Um, I think I made the conscious decision that I'm not going to allow some things to happen. Um, when I was in, I think it was year nine, and, and there were these kind of, I can't really explain them now, but they were like these elastic balls that had an elastic band attached to it. Okay. And the ball were kind of spiky a little bit. And um, you kind of, you can throw the ball and because it's got elastic t- attached to your finger, it comes back to you. Right. So um, there was a time when <laughs> I was leaving the classroom and the older years were lined up the hallways kind of and you know the older years always kind of victimize the younger years yeah and um so i saw people getting hit with these things and just taking it and i've never been that kind of person to to take disrespect or or kind of i've never been that type of person so when that happened when it was my turn i caught the ball (laughs) (laughs) And, and um yeah so essentially i got rushed if anyone doesn't know what that is, that's literally um, being being ganged uh, up on. Yeah, gang up on. Yeah, it was a light. It was a light beating, but um, to be honest, I actually left there, and I went outside, and I, I actually had tears in my eyes. I was like, "No, nah, I hate this school." Like, no one actually knows that. I had a conversation with a white boy in my class, and he's the only one who saw that. Um, I was like, "No, nah, I hate this." La 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 la. And then I was like, "No, nah, I'm not having it anymore." And that was literally the change. Um, that was literally the I will hit you first or I'm not going to allow that kind of thing to happen again. Right, so, that disrespects. Yeah. What what constitutes a disrespect to you, not now, but then in At order for time. you to, yeah. Um, because, I mean, later on you got in trouble. Yeah. Which really, for me, was the catalyst of why you are the amazing person you are today, particularly yeah. helping you know, people who are in a similar situation that you found yourself in. Mm. But what constitutes as disrespect then? And I guess what constitutes as disrespect now and how do you handle that, both? Yeah. Um, I'd say back then it was more of a intrusion of, of, of space, space, sorry, physical space okay. in terms of um, being touched or, or being hit unwarranted. Um, being called out of your name, just I think I think humiliation would have been a, a, a big disrespect um, for me at the time. Kind of having that. I mean, school is a different school. is such a difficult say, place yeah. to navigate as a young man. It's that idea of um, standing up for yourself, not allowing anyone to just do something that you wouldn't like done to you. And if that happens, and you let them get away with it, then that's a sign to everyone else that they can do it to you as well. So yeah, I no, I understand that logic, but I feel like with school, and you know, they call it playground bullying as mm. almost like a rite of passage where you get teased. Mm. But I guess it is a fine line. Now, if you wouldn't do it to others, what others are doing to yourself, then I can understand and that mm. for me is where you draw the line. Yeah. That's disrespectful. Yeah. You know, like, I wouldn't do that to you, so why are you doing that to me? You know, officially humiliating me or mm. disrespecting me. But if it's something I would do to others, then that's not, do you know what I mean? It's almost yeah. hypocritical. Yeah, though. yeah. So I get that. Um, but I'm still wondering, can you give me, like, a, an example of exactly what a disrespect is? Because it's obviously subjective yeah. from it's person a, yeah, to person. It's um, so back then, I would say, in my younger years, I would say, um, 
it's actually quite weird now that I'm thinking about it. It's about control. Yeah. Okay. Um. So anything that undermines my control of a situation. Right. And I think that to me was disrespectful. Um. Being, being that I had grown up with this idea of okay, the man is in charge. This and and every male wants to be that man that's yeah. in charge. And if anyone else comes to undermine that, that then is where the conflict begins and I think that's that's for me what it was okay. um, the disrespect to me now is very different <laughs> I was gonna say because yeah I mean yeah. what is yeah. it what is it to you now and how how do you think, deal with disrespect now um I don't I'm <laughs> it's literally something that I would rather wash my hands of you if you give me an idea that you're disrespecting me um I think I know what respect looks like now Rather, okay. than, rather than looking at what disrespect is. So if what's happening doesn't fit into my idea of what respect is for me, um, then that's when I know I've been disrespected, if that makes sense. Okay. So, um, I mean, respect in itself is a difficult word to explain. It, it really is, because but, often it's a lot of the nuances and culture. Mm, like, I mean, we're yeah, both Nigerian, yeah, yeah. right? If we went to Nigeria and we were to speak to our elders, we shouldn't look them in the eye. Mm. However, if you're here and you don't look your elders in the eye or anyone really, you, it's it comes across as rude and yeah. being disrespectful. Yeah. So you know, culture sign you know definitely signifies what yeah. respect, respect is and yeah. what disrespect is as well. Definitely. Um, but okay, so can we talk about if it's okay with you? Yeah, sure. About the time when you caught or where you caught a charge? Yeah, I was twenty. Two? 22. 22. So, um, yeah, it was literally off the back of a friend's birthday party and getting completely wasted with our friends. He, he had the whole club, and so as it goes, you enjoy yourself. And um, leaving, leaving that situation, leaving that club, a situation occurred and some violence took place uh, to the point where the person who was injured was severely injured um, to the point of the first charge being attempted murder right? Um, for nine of us. So there was a group of nine of us that were involved in that incident. And yeah, it, it was it was a difficult time because I was going into my final year right. Right, of university. So I had that to think about. Um, and I was literally dealing with completing my uni degree or facing up to 10 years plus in prison. And that to me was just like, it didn't hit me yet. Yeah. It didn't hit me yet until, um, well, I was on remand for about three months, which is What's being, that? so remand is being in prison before you've been sentenced. So to oh, keep, okay. you off the, keep you off the street, keep you from escaping the country and all these different things. Um, essentially, you have to apply for bail before you're let out. And my bail got denied twice. You get three attempts. <laughs> so my bell got to that twice and I was, it, was, it was a tough time for me because some of my co-defendants were getting bail um, and I was literally in, I was, I was in Wandsworth, HMP Wandsworth I didn't know anyone right. it was a new experience completely so um, that, wasn't the, that wasn't the pinnacle of change for me yet oh, okay. that was when I kind of reinstated my faith in God that particular period was when I started to pray more, read the Bible more, and actually see things happening for me. Um, 
so then when I was granted my bail, um, it was like Bare time lucky. Yeah, it Jeez. was crazy to me because what had happened was um, you were told, okay, we're not going to apply for bail. That's what my, my um, solicitor said. She said, we're going to wait until they set a court date. And I didn't, that didn't sit well with me, but mm. I was just like, okay, I prayed a lot. Hey guys, before we return to the episode, I just wanted to say I appreciate you listening. And if you'd like to get involved. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Then please visit www.blackticulate.com for more information. Now let's get back to the episode. I prayed a lot and it became a time... Now, to some who might not be religious or spiritual, this might sound far-fetched to them, but at that time, I had a dream. Okay. And something in that dream was just like, apply for help, kind of thing. So I, I opened my Bible on a random page, and it, and it landed on Jeremiah uh, 29, verse 17, 18. Those are the verses I read, and it was basically essentially saying that I will not give you into the hands of those who are afraid. And to me, it was like, caught. Cool. Or, or the judge or so I told my dad to, to apply for bail I called him the next morning and the next day when I called him he's like alright you're, you're coming home today and to me that was like alright um, I have a chance in, in a sense um, but eventually the, the charges were actually lowered so they were lowered twice one to it went from GBH um, which I got not guilty for and I got guilty for um, violent disorder, right. which is essentially uh, having a fight or a fray or something like that. But the difficulty at the time was that the, the court tried to tr- tried to try us on 
joint enterprise. They tried us on joint enterprise, which is basically um, if you're in a group, regardless of who has done what, the fact that you were there is telling the person or the people who have done something to do it. It's encouraging them by being there. Nice. So um, yeah, they tried us, and it was it was a difficult time trying to prove that we weren't a gang. <laughs> um, it was a difficult time trying to prove that not all of us knew each other. We just had the mutual friends within that group, and it just ended up spiraling out of control. Um, so yeah, that was difficult to navigate through. But when I did get sentenced um, and sent to, to prison, that's the moment where I said to myself, "All right, um, you have to change now." You have to change um, because it became so much more realer to me now. Yeah, I had a release date. Um, I I had a release date, and I and I I knew that there was no getting out until that day. And anything you do, anything that you do against the, the status quo, should I say, um, gets you extra days. <laughs> so if you have a fight and you're caught, extra days. Yeah. Um, if you don't do what you're told extra days you know everything is extra days so I, I made a decision that okay I'm not gonna carry this aggressiveness around with me I'm just gonna try and just process it all in different ways um, and that's where kind of my writing really took off right that's that's so I was writing I was writing secondary school before that anyway but again it's the idea of what seems to be cool and what's not poetry wasn't cool um, back in you know, 19, early, not even 19, I'm not that old. But, um, <laughs> the 2000s, poetry wasn't really cool, um, so I kept that to myself. But it was more two to three years ago that I kind of decided, all right, this is going to be what I want to do, this is what I want to do, and I'm going to use it to kind of change my life. Yeah. yeah. And not only your life, but others around you as well. Yeah. yeah. So talk to us briefly well, about that, and then what, what, what are you doing? So, with, with the poetry, it was literally um, writing for myself, and then a friend of mine saw what I was writing and was like, no, this is inspirational, you have to put it out. And, Can we and, give a shout out to that friend? Yeah, so that was, so it was essentially, it was before that stuff happened, it was while I was in uni, um, Karima, Karima, my, my good friend Karima, she was reading my poetry and she was like, yeah man, you've got to do it, Write a, set up a blog. And, and so I set Great up advice. a blog in 2010. Um, and yeah, I even thanked her last week actually because um, a few things have happened from that. Um, so yeah, essentially seeing the response of the blog, every time I uploaded something, I'd get comments or someone would call me and say, yo, like, I really like what you've done. And what I find is that <laughs> people are still getting to coming to terms with themselves and what they consider cool. So some people might not publicly tell me that, yeah, I love your poetry, right. but privately they celebrate. So yeah, yeah that, that essentially kind of showed me that I had reach and that my words can actually touch people and inspire people. So I've been using that in my performance to write a bit more about like social issues, things that people are actually going through. So yeah. I can they can identify with, with some of my experiences as well. Yeah. So what's the next stage now? Um, well, at the moment, I've kind of, I've, I've kind of diverged into motivational speaking as well. So marrying the two, poetry and motivational speaking. Um, I have a mailing list in which I send out a motivational post every Monday and Wednesday. 
Amazing. So John, people who have subscribed, what, yeah. What is it? I mean, whilst you've got your attention, tell us. Yeah, so if you essentially go on to, if you're on Twitter or if you're on Facebook, you can find me at Tony Supreme um, and literally there's, there's a link to subscribe to that. Um, so Mondays, you get Monday, Motivational Monday, which essentially discusses something that I've learned in the previous week and breaks down all the points and everything that I apply to my life to make it better. So for example, Amazing. this week was about resilience and kind of um, trying and trying again and not giving up. So I've given pointers on how I how I do that and, and what works for me. So that's what I've been doing. So that's amazing. Thank you. That really is. And guys, I highly recommend, since you can do two things at once, since this is auditory, definitely jump on Tony Supreme's Twitter handle and definitely subscribe. Yeah. Because that'd be really interesting. Particularly, I mean, everyone needs motivation, particularly yeah. on a Monday. You know, so. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But that, what I find is it's quite difficult at the moment to push positivity. Okay, There's so much more. negativity going on in the world. You go on Twitter, you go on any social media outlet in the morning, you're going to be met with some, some news from around the world, which isn't good news. Um, people dying, um, people, being, people killing, people dying, people stealing, all sorts of atrocities um, going on. And it's, people identify with that a lot because it makes them feel better about their lives or people just kind of, it's hard, it's hard pushing positivity. I think people don't like to look at themselves and identify the fact that okay I have a need and what that need is 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 to be motivated and to be encouraged to do what I want to do I think a lot of people have dreams a lot of people want to do things but don't know how to start and and once you once you look at yourself and, and realize that you don't know how to start I think that's the start <laughs> yeah but a lot of people are not willing to do that because then they have to admit that they're not happy where they are and yeah, it's, it's scary. No, that's really it's, quite it's, profound yeah. in itself. You know, when you don't know where to start, that's the beginning in of itself. Yeah. yeah. So, what can we do? Because, wow. I mean, you know, fundamentally, this is a platform about positive yeah. actions, mm. you know, and ideally, I want whoever's listening to be able to be like, yes, you know, Anthony, I mean, Tony Supreme, he's, yeah, he's phenomenal and I like what he's about. Mm. I'd like to get on board or I'd like to do something similar. Mm. Like, say for instance, you mentioned you started your blog, yeah. you know, because you're a writer. So I think that's one, you know, takeaway that my audience can mm. do. They can start their blogs if they're writers, yeah. you know. How you started getting traction? I mean, did you, how did you promote? What was your processes? I think one thing for me that has really been quite profound is just starting. So having an idea and regardless of the resources or, or what's not available to you, literally just doing it. So with um, my midweek motivation, it's up on YouTube, so you can type in Tony Supreme midweek motivation and you can find it. And essentially, I don't have a cameraman. Um, I have a friend, um, Ed, Edward, who films for me when he's available. But when he's not, I use my iPad. And it's things like that that... Um, have really pushed me to just keep on trying. So regardless of what is not available to you, regardless of what everyone else is doing, if you have a message that you need to push forward, it doesn't matter how it's being done. Um, a lot of people kind of limit themselves and procrastinate because they're waiting for, for quality, they're waiting for someone to give them an opportunity. But my idea is that if you start 
Um, whether it's the best of your ability or not, someone will see that you're trying and will come and help you. Um, I think for a lot of people, looking in the mirror is a great place to start. Oh. For me, literally, I mean literally, <laughs> looking into the mirror, I call it mirror talk. So looking into the mirror and just having a conversation, you know, if it's that you're struggling with self-confidence or you're struggling with self-acceptance, literally, what is it that you don't like about yourself? Talk to yourself and change the narrative. So if you're someone who thinks that you can't, look for the evidence that says you can't. And for the most part, you'll find that there is no concrete evidence. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I learned this week, literally. Um, that's amazing. I was talking to someone about um, a book that I'm writing, okay. which is essentially my, my life story. Um, and I, that book has been on hold it was on hold for a while and it's something that I really wanted to do what was something that I'm doing and the person said to me what is it that's stopping you from continuously writing this and getting it done and um, I, I said to I said to her I don't know if if that world is for me and in, in, in saying that world it's that level of success that can come from it and I think that's what a lot of people are afraid of, um, success. Yeah, I've heard that. that yeah. Some often the cases we fear it more than we love it. Yeah. I think you it's know. because so much change can come with it. Mm. If you believe in your product and what you're doing and the impact that it can make, it's scary the, the level of change. Your whole life can change by doing what you want to do. Like your whole life can change by actually bringing your dream to life, literally. So. It's that idea of people are not, people are afraid of change. Um, but it was, speaking to the woman, she said to me, is there evidence that that world is not for you? I couldn't, there was no, there's no evidence that I can't do what I want to do. Um, and so it's like, okay, so you're being silly. Yeah. <laughs> and once you identify that there's no evidence that you can't, then the next step is to look for evidence that you can. Who has done what you want to do? Who, who is doing what you want to do? Um, and that again comes to looking at mentors. Right. Whether you know them personally or not, um, you can, an author could be your mentor. So how do you approach mentors? I mean, do you ask for help? I do. I ask for help a lot. Um, I ask, if I, if I, for example, find someone online that I like what they're doing and I feel I can learn from them, I'll message them and say, can we meet up? Or can, can, I, can I call you? Can we talk? Um, some people are busy. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that shouldn't discourage you from still looking at what they're doing and um, kind of following the blueprint. I have a friend called um, Dami and she, she runs her own magazine called Simply Ohlone. And it, it's essentially a platform to help women discuss sex and relationships and she gives advice and stuff like that and I've she, she's given me a lot of advice about personal branding and how I can use my um, I can use her her blueprint to do my motivational speaking because it's similar it's a similar thing and um, literally having those conversations with people that you know there's someone around us all that's doing something yeah. it's just about recognising it um, I feel like we place a lot of pressure or, or responsibility on celebrities who are doing amazing things or doing things. Um, but there are people in your life that are doing amazing things. And it's about 
supporting your people. It's about looking at who's around you and just, just tapping into that, especially if it's that easy to access. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to pretty much wrap up mm. because we're hitting that half an hour mark. Cool. But guys, I think you can all join me to say Anthony's a phenomenal guy. Thank and you. Please, please just follow him on... Uh, how can yeah. we find you online? So my Twitter handle is Tony Supreme with an underscore. Um, I've got a Facebook page, it's Tony Supreme. My YouTube, Tony Supreme. So most things are just you, then Tony Supreme. Is it all social media or do you have a website? Yeah, all social media. At the moment, my website is being um, created, but you can still sign up for the mailing list on that. I do have a blog, which is tonysupreme.blogspot.co.uk. Um, SoundCloud again, Tony Supreme. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much on most platforms. Um, That's yeah. Tony Supreme. Amazing. So, um, and also, can yeah. I just add no, that? Please. If on Twitter especially, um, I do follow back quite a lot of people, um, especially if I take an interest in what you're doing in terms of media, um, motivation, youth work, all sorts of things. So please do follow me. Please do feel free to comment or, or reach out and I'll, I'll get back to you and yeah, we can try and work together. Yeah, amazing. Well, once again, guys, it's been another episode of Black Ticulate, and I genuinely hope you've got something from this because, in fact, it's almost impossible not to because <laughs> Tony's an amazing guy. So um, stay tuned for another episode, and once again, thanks very much, Tony. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I want to personally thank our sound editor, Chris Reese and I'd like to thank you guys for listening. For more episodes and how you can get involved, please visit www.lacticulate.com and also follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. This has been another episode of Lacticulate, Black Stories, Positive Actions. Thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.